So with it being September and September meaning uh, Suicide Prevention Month and Mental Health Awareness Month, I think it's super important to talk about and just discuss. Um, I do have personal experience as I deal with anxiety and depression. Um, my Lexabro buddies check in. Hey, um, or if you guys are taking any other type of, you know, antidepressant slash serotonin and inhibitor, whatever you want to call it. I know there's different SSRIs and SRIs and whatever, but hey, you know, just let you know, you are not alone. And that is also why I think my, I, is sets up aside my podcast from being so different from everyone else's because I'm just an original, original, an average person. Like I am not an influencer. I am not like paid by a bunch of people right now to kind of say, Hey, listen to my podcast and do this and that and that. No, I am being real with you. I am talking about my own problems, my own experiences. And, you know, I think mental health is super important and not only for women, but I think it is super important for men. Like I preach this is that's the word I was looking for. I preach to everyone, especially all the males and out there that getting help is, is not making you weak. It is not making you a girl do get help. Mental health for men and women are so, to me, it is so important regardless of sex. Um, and with that being said, I'm going to get into it because, you know, we lose over 800,000 people per year to suicide. And, you know, it could be multiple reasons, whether they feel alone or they're poor, they're a burden, or they're just so hopeless, hopeless, hopeless. They're so hopeless that they don't know where, where else to turn besides like killing themselves. And, you know, so I think, um, if you are feeling any type of way of this, please seek help. Please know that you are so important. Your life matters. I don't even know you, but I can tell you your life matters to someone in your life and get the help that you need because I promise you, your your life is worth living. You'll get through this hard time and just lean on the people that are near and that you think you can. If not, get that professional help. Someone will be there to help you. And you know, when it's a professional that, yeah, they get paid for it, but to an extent, if you think about it, they don't even know you about anything about you, but they're willing to help you through your problems and talk it out and get the help you need. So remember it's, it's almost a genuine help as well. If you don't feel comfortable to going to the people that are around you. And on that note, I am going to talk about um, anxiety attacks and panic attacks. Um, I have experience with both. Um, There is a difference. You don't have to have a panic disorder or an anxiety disorder to have one or the other. Um, But those who do have disorders or have been defined with you know, anxiety or depression or a panic disorder or PTSD, they understand it, the difference and they understand, you know, like maybe they don't actually because they're not so, you know, self-aware or seeking the help that they need. But I'm here to help. Anxiety, um, usually 
When you have anxiety about something, whether it's a social event or it's a test or it's, you know, a breakup or something specific um, within a circumstance, it's usually something that builds up over time and it gets very intense where to a point where, you know, it be can become disruptive. Sometimes it's mildly disruptive or you can have a, you know, a huge anxiety attack where it can be disruptive while you're at work and you have to, you know, break away. Um, where a panic attack, it doesn't really give you a warning. It comes on, it hits you, it's intense, it's so disruptive. Usually you're feeling a lot of physical symptoms. You're sweating, you're, um, you're, you know, you, you can't talk, you're very, you're, um, look at me like I'm over here feeling it right now, or you, um, I don't know, there's no specific trigger um, necessarily doesn't mean there can't be because there's some triggers that can cause you to have a full-on panic disorder or panic attack um, but these feelings and th um, are so intense and extreme that it really just is so disruptive on a severe type of level um, <clears throat> that kind of is what makes those two different um, they can both kind of feel similar um you know anxiety can feel in many different ways honestly to many different people um you know you can feel dizzy sweaty you're gonna feel your heart racing you start trembling um shaking you start feeling abdominal pain or nausea this is like one of my biggest one i always get so sick to my stomach um, you start feeling some numbness or tingling sensations, hot flashes, chills, um, like I said, feeling dizzy, detached from reality, like fear of losing, losing yourself, you know, like you're out of, going out of, or you're getting out of control. Um, those are big ones. And when you start feeling a lot of those, especially those physical ones, those make it more of a panic attack. When you are feeling more of an anxiety attack, your muscles start to tense you um, have, you know, sleeping problems, whether you sleep a lot or sleep a little. Um, you are start feeling dizzy. Can be that, can be that too. You can feel shortness of breath and, you know, like you start um, feeling shortness of breath. Um, you can be very irritable. Um, you start losing, like, your concentration. You go blank. Those are kind of like signs of anxiety that are like building up and um, depending on, you know, the, like I said, the circumstance, it could be different things. Um, <clears throat> once you start to identify your specific symptoms that you start to feel when you start getting these attacks, whether panic or anxiety, um, you are able to learn how to cope with them the best way possible. Sometimes it takes trial and error to deal with coping mechanisms. Um, and sometimes it takes a while to learn what coping mechanism, but as long as you're trying to figure it out and trying to better yourself, that's what's important because that's what is important because sometimes you don't have the support system you need and it can make it harder to deal with these feelings so learning how to cope with them is super important, um, whether that be, you know, writing it out and journaling. Um, I realized that it's 
you know, lame as it sounds, it really does help me. Um, not saying it's for everybody because everyone, you know, has their own, their own ways of dealing with their anxiety, but, um, sometimes talking it out to someone could be a solution, whether that be talking to your dog, because I've done that. I come home and talk to my dog all the time, whether that's talking to your mom, your sibling, your best friend, talking to a therapist. I swear therapy is so stigmatized at the hard part of, you know, making mental health awareness is that stigmatism and making breaking it because therapy is for anybody it is for you know you don't know if it will help you until you try it so definitely try it therapists can always recommend you better you know mechanisms to help you did study um rehabilitation and disability services so i did study into going into occupational or counseling um those are my two routes i've yet to go into to get my master's but you know schooling is I'm not going to get into that but you realize it's not always um a piece of paper isn't always what you really think it is <clears throat> okay going back to coping mechanisms other things that have helped people and things that have also helped me um are breathing techniques some um one that is like super popular is the four seven eight so four seconds you breathe in seven seconds seven seconds you hold your breath and then eight seconds you release your breath there's other um ones that i've seen out there but that one um has been seen even to help like just slow down your heart rate being able to like even put yourself to sleep actually um at least i've seen in some things people like you can use breathing techniques to help you fall asleep not to put you to sleep i guess i said that wrong um other things like yoga and meditations can help to like relax your muscles and relax your nerves and you know just relax yourself um sometimes just remembering ways to ground yourself is super important um this one grounding technique that is super popular is five four three two one um and that's five you name five things you can see around you four things that you can feel three things that you can hear and two things you can smell and then lastly one thing you can taste even if it's just your saliva like or the gum you're chewing or whatever the case may be um maybe you just had some apples and you taste the apples it just how it's a way to ground and center yourself so that you aren't so focused into your anxiety attack or your panic attack and you are able to calm yourself down by doing these like few things and noticing these things around you because you are focusing on other things that are real that are you know not just your fears that you're you know obsessing over in your head um <clears throat> and on that note sometimes it's even just remembering while your anxiety attack remember remind yourself that it's just a, an anxiety attack this isn't the end it's not going to kill you you don't need to chase or beg or stress onto whatever you are fo like so hyper focused on relax because things um, if you want it truly, it will come to you or 
you will do whatever you have to do to make it become yours or your reality. Um, so just remember to speak truths to counter out those fears sometimes. Remind yourself the reality things that are around you. Things that are you know are actually true, not the things that you have been overthinking of. Because that is what makes us, you know, hyper-focus and get so into those intense and dramatic feelings that we can't help ourselves get out of those rabbit holes. And, you know, reminding yourself or doing those techniques, whatever works for you, obviously, helps you bring you back to center and not get so overwhelmed in your your anxiety attack. <clears throat> so even for myself, it's sometimes hard to get myself out of those rabbit holes. So I totally can connect with you guys. And I even if I don't know you, you my DMs are open. I feel free to reach out to me. Whether it's my actual um, Instagram, M-A-R-C-I-I-1396, or whether it's my podcast Instagram, which is Butter underscore not bitter podcast, and you can reach out to me. I'm here, open ears to listen into anyone's problems. Um, I am just here to help. Like, I know how it feels to not have someone when you need someone to talk to, and like I said, I'm here. Whether it's you thinking you're not enough or um, something bad happened or you feel so stupid for the feelings you have right now, I am here. You know, I might not be able to give you the perfect answers, but I can always maybe lead you to something that you n might have better answers or suggest something. Or I might have some resources myself that have helped me and that might be able to help you. And on that note, I just want to kind of say, remember, um, no matter what you're feeling, your feelings are valid. Um, they're real and they matter. Like no matter what you think, they do matter. Whether it's you're scared to talk to someone and you don't think that their fe your feelings matter to them, whether they care or not, they're stupid if they don't, first off. But your feelings matter. They're, you know, you deserve to feel validated. Um, remember, so seeking help is not seeking attention. You deserve to be validated. Like I said, you deserve to be heard. You are worthy of being listened to and be reassured. And, you know, um, you aren't weak for going to look for help and asking for help. Honestly, you probably fight a lot of more battle. You honestly, you probably fight more battles than most can see. And for truly just for that, you are strong. And I want you to give yourself some credit for that and give yourself credit that you can't take it anymore and you need help because it doesn't make you weak to look for help and seek help and ask for help. I used to think, oh, I was so independent and I don't need help and blah, 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 blah. And I was like that for so many years until I really started to break down. And, you know, this year I'm finally rebuilding myself because I've had so many rough patches. I just am so tired of it. I am looking for other resources and actually, you know, I'm actually going to therapy myself just because I know that I can't do this alone anymore. I, it is healthy to ask for help and it is okay to ask for help. It is okay to not be okay. And um, kind of saying that I 
this is not a prom- promoted you know ad or anything i did actually do my mental health awareness um they most places can or not most places some places you can find where you can get a first aid certification for your mental health awareness and like your mental health like help you know you just think you know someone you were in you know a crowded mall that you saw someone breaking down and having a panic panic attack you were able to go help them in the best way possible if they are okay to you know receive that help because you are certified and you you know what the you know you know what to look for you know how to you know go about these situations it's like a one or two day class usually um and hope for the day actually which is a chicago i don't know if you guys ever been to uh, dark matter coffee that is actually sponsored by hope for the day and their organization is growing and growing it's a mental health awareness organization and um that's where i got my certification and it's just really dope um, so shout out to them and for those other organizations who spread awareness, I think it's super important um, because you're, you are important and I hope that anyone listening to this understands that your life matters and you're not alone. So it is okay to look for help and, you know, do what you need to because don't think that the only outcome is taking away your life. So another topic I kind of want to discuss is, you know, when you're dealing with someone, you say you're not the person with the mental health issue and you are dealing with someone, your loved one, a significant other, partner, um, you know, friend, whatever the case may be, family member, you have a loved one that's struggling with their mental health and you don't know what to say, you know, sometimes they just need an ear to listen. And sometimes it's harder to just listen than, you know, listen to respond. There's a difference between that like listening to actually listen and understand and you know just validate them and try to make them feel like their feelings are worthy of being listened to um things not to say i feel like are super important if you don't know what to say just try not to say these things like these following things i mean there could be a range of things that you shouldn't really say but like as someone who has anxiety and you know has been invalidated it doesn't feel good when someone's like things could be worse like you could be starving you could be you know in poverty living in a box like you know be positive well yeah my life could be worse but that doesn't mean what i feel right now is not okay and that it's healthy or that you know i should be not listened to like what i feel is is okay whether it's good or positive um, I mean, negative or positive, it's something that someone should be willing to listen to and make someone feel worthy of that they are, you know, important and their feelings are important. Some other things that people typically say is you'll get over it. Well, yeah, they might get over it, but it doesn't mean that right now in this moment they can't like have their 10 minutes to cry and then get over it to you know better themselves let them feel what they're feeling and heal because that's how people heal you gotta go through those you know emotions to you know like the you know, the steps of denial step of acceptance all that stuff like you know it's it's a process to get over it and you gotta let them get through that people when they say oh it's all in your head don't worry like you're fine Or it's not as bad as it seems. Whether you think it's not as bad as it seems because you might have bigger problems that you think isn't, 
you know, whether sharing or not might be bigger than what that person's sharing with you doesn't mean that it's not okay for them to feel what they're feeling again. Like, just remember that sometimes someone just needs someone to listen or a shoulder to cry on, or, you know, it might sound cliche or typical or, you know, basic, but it's, it's something that a, every human wants to feel, feel that they're care, cared for and listening, someone's listening to how they feel. And, you know, especially if it's that other person that, you know, they're having problems with and they're trying to talk to their partner, it's, it's, it feels good when they're trying to listen and actually want to listen, not just to argue or um, invalidate. People, when they say, try to snap out of it, everyone feels like this sometimes, or try to cheer up, smile, don't take things so seriously. Again, stop invalidating people. Like, you don't understand how much this hurts. And if you think about it in the other perspective, if someone were to tell you these things, like, maybe if you didn't do this, you wouldn't have, you wouldn't have had it ended up with that consequence. Does that feel good to hear? No, it doesn't. Like sometimes, yeah, like you do need a reality check, but that's not the way to go about it when you're talking to someone when they're really just wanting to vent and open up to someone. Like some you yourself listening into this, especially you know how hard, no matter who it is, it takes a a lot of courage and a lot of strength to open up to someone, whether that be the person they have problems with or not. It takes a lot to open up, and. If you're someone who bottles things up like I used to be, it's not healthy. Let me tell you, like, f- find your find your outlet, what, whatever it may be. It's not healthy, and it, it hurts you so much more with holding it in, and it builds up. And these are how anxiety attacks and panic attacks, well, more anxiety attacks occur because it builds up. Um, things like, but you don't seem depressed or sad or anxious. How do you know if someone feels that way? Like... Someone might put on a great smile every day and hide away their pain, but doesn't mean that they're not dying inside. Like, when you think about it, like, those famous people who have taken their lives, like Robin Williams, I know he's a big one that everyone knows. He know, he was known to be a happy, funny guy, and you would have never expected it, that he would have been so depressed and wanted to take his life, but he did. And that's one of the things that, like, it's sad to say, but no one realizes it when someone is in need. So make sure you are checking up on those loved ones no matter what. You know, some every day we get busy, but if you can reach out to one or two people, just check up on them, making sure that they're okay. Even if you don't hear from them, I know it sucks because relationships should work too both ways, but sometimes you don't know what that other person is going through. And maybe that little text saying, hey, hope you're doing good, or hey, just thinking about you might brighten their day and make them feel that they don't want to end their lives like you have no idea what they're going through in that moment and when they get that text that might literally turn their whole life around and it's so important to know that saying these things are not okay when like whether you know or not if that person is sad or depressed or going through things just be careful on the way you word things and are talking to someone who does suffer from mental health or maybe not even in general like be careful the way you talk to someone I know it's hard to be self-aware of the way we say things and trust me I am learning so hard to be more self-aware with what the things I do and the actions I do but the more you are self-aware the more able you the more you are able to be there for someone else and be there for yourself as well and, and in other aspects and on that note I'm gonna flip the page to a positive side um, Sometimes it's hard to know what to say, but even the little small things are 
easy to remember to say during these times when someone is venting to you. It can mean a lot, even if it's just a small sentence, such as, no matter what, I'm here for you. Like, no matter what, whether you're supporting them or not on their decision or their mistake or whatever the situation may be, you're there for them and you don't know you like you know how it feels when someone is actually genuinely there for you it feels so good and feels so is very comforting is the word i would say very comforting to feel that someone cares for you and someone is listening when someone says that this sounds really hard or that sounds really hard how can i help you or can i support you and is there any way that i can help you it makes them feel that you know they're being listened to that someone cares to help resolve their problems and not just give them the solutions and like ask if they are at wanting those solutions sometimes like i said someone wants to be just listened to and when you come at them with a bunch of oh you should do this or you should have done this or this or this or that it feels like you're attacking them and it's hard when they didn't even ask for that type of response so when you say, how can I support you or how can I help you? It's super important because it makes them feel like they're actually being asked on what they want to hear, what they want to hear back. And it, it does make a difference. Um, some other things to say is it's okay to feel what you're feeling. Validate them. Telling them this isn't your fault, whether it is or not. You know, sometimes it's just good to hear saying, you know, life is life happens and this isn't your fault. No matter the little causes that you might have, even though they might have participated in the you know consequence, it feels good to say or hear that they aren't the main cause and that things happen. Um, hearing you're doing the best that you can, that that is enough. It makes them feel great for their accomplishments. Sometimes it's hard to motivate your own self or, you know, feel good about the all the things that you've done so far throughout the day or, the, you know, your life or whatever. And when someone makes you feel, you know, someone says that they're proud of you or, you know, acknowledges that you're doing the best you can and they, they, they notice that, it makes them feel good and appreciated. Even if, you know, it's not regarding you, it's regarding, you know, their own life. They're making their lives better for themselves. If you are acknowledging that, it shows that, wow, you know, the little efforts that they are trying, even though it's so hard, it's being acknowledged. It's being noticed. It's actually making a difference. Or those are a few little small sentences or quotes that you could say to your partner. But all they really want sometimes, of again, is just to listen when they share. Remind them that they matter. Be understanding. Reassure them. Ask them if they want help or how to help. Because sometimes, like I said, they don't want it, but they just, or maybe they do. And, you know, you might not even know how to help, but you want to support them and you can ask. I don't know how, but I want to support you and I will try my best to help you in any way I possibly can. And if you think of anything, let me know. Like it could be as simple as that, as a little bit of a reassurance. But just re refrain from saying others have it worse or focusing only on the positives like it's it's invalidating it doesn't feel good just make sure you guys are being careful when you're saying those words or going along those lines when you are listening to your partner or your friend or family member when they're venting opening up to you and i'm just going to kind of end on the note of making sure that 
no matter whether you suffer from mental health or not, make sure you are all taking care of yourself. Mental health is super important, just like your physical health and everything else. Um, it does play a huge part in you know your day to day when you aren't taking care of your own mental health or your own physical health. It all ties together. When you're drained and you're giving too much energy to something, you're gonna feel emotionally drained, and that is not okay. Make sure you take a step back if you need to, or not respond or not go out if you're not feeling comfortable or okay. Make sure you say no when you don't want to do things. It's okay. Your friends will understand if you don't go out that time because you weren't feeling well or you couldn't go out or couldn't make it because you know you just weren't feeling yourself it's all right to take care of yourself and put your prioritize your own needs the real ones and the real friends and family will understand and still be there afterwards no matter what so just remind yourself to take care of yourself and love yourself and all that self-care you know whether it's weekly or every other week do it Thank you all again for listening. I really appreciate it. This subject really means a lot to me. Um, I think it's super important. Men is, or males are always seen to not, you know, care for their mental health and that it's, you know, stigmatized that, oh, they're big babies if they, you know, seek help. It's super important for men and females. I, whether, no matter what your age is, it's never too late to seek help or get the help you need. Um, I am also here for anyone, whether stranger or not. My DMs are open. And I really hope, hope that anyone that was listening were able to get some helpful coping skills or anything out of this, you know, episode. Or maybe even if it was just some type of encouragement to go seek the help that you've been indifferent about. You are so important. Do not end your life. No matter what you know, there are better things out there and there are better solutions to your problems. Um, get the help you need. I will also be putting the suicide hotline in this episode's info. Please reach out for anyone who needs it. They're always open. I My DMs again are open. I really love all of you. Thank you again for listening and I hope you all have a blessed week. Stay safe and take care. to be better not better podcast i'm your host marcy and um i'm actually trying this new little setup downstairs in my mom's basement of course what's new um so yeah i hope that the video quality comes out good and we're excited to talk about new things for this season and of course, it's always the most frustrating thing to record in my mom's house because we have so many dogs and it's, well, I'm acting like there's so many, it's just three, but the little one that we have is the oldest and she, if you can hear her in this recording, um, always barks for everything, 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 like every five minutes, it's always for something. And then... When the two big dogs hear something, they always go crazy. So if that happens, I'll have to edit this out. And during the video quality, I'm not really quite sure how to do that yet in those, but I'll figure that out. Anyways, um, I hope everyone's having a great fall holiday season. 
Um, I know Thanksgiving is just right around the corner. I hope everyone is able to have at least some sort of meal with their family or friends. However, because I know Friendsgiving is so big, um, I have never had one or been really invited to one, but that's okay. Um, I'm super excited to have it with my family, um, I guess. Hopefully they don't hear that. Anyways. Um, and I know sometimes for the holidays it is harder for a lot of people as well. Um, you know, a lot of people don't have family members, parents, or, you know, a significant other to, like, their significant other might, you know, not have that family, so they might be a little down, so it's hard to deal with sometimes, or, I don't know, there's different things that could happen, um, but I'm just here to say, like, reach out to anyone, I'm sure you know, they would be willing to have you over for some fun and, you know, some food and some good quality time. Just make sure you're not alone. Um, I hope that no one is um, during the holidays. And on that note, we're going to talk about cuffing season because that has just been upon us and I know everyone has like a different ratio to like around what time it starts. Usually it's right before Halloween um, because then you get to do all that spooky stuff with their significant other and all those like pumpkin patch ideas, apple picking, you know, those fun things. Um, <clears throat> but some people don't really fully have that significant other and they have a roster. And, you know, I mean, that's what cuffing season's about. Like you are, I mean, I guess it is our own connotation that we've created of this word um, but it pretty much I feel like is you know you might settle or might not but you're like making that roster become down to like maybe one or less um, sometimes you can keep that roster and that is okay um, as long as you were talking to your partners making sure that you are being open and letting them know that you're you know not the only one or you're making it specific you're you're specifying with that person you know we're just kind of working things out you know we're not necessarily together um i mean i feel like as long as you're not leading that person on have as many as people as you want i mean that's the whole point you're in like that little trial period or that training era like little time where you get to figure out who you want to like settle down with um for this winter and hibernation and I mean I guess it's not necessarily like that in all seas all um states like Florida or you know California doesn't really have a winter but you know it's the time where people are more you know really spending time with their family or their significant other because of the holidays and things like that so um you know they might settle down to a certain one or not to each their own and um i want to quickly talk about the trial period as what i like to kind of call it the trial period as in how long does it take for you to make it official with someone um some people might really fall deep for the other person and sometimes it's hard 
to like you know distinguish that limit between you know hey we're just kind of seeing how this goes to hey i'm acting wifey material or hubby material for this person and they're not reciprocating that back um and that little period is sometimes where you get ghosted and things get confusing you don't really understand each other because you're not really comfortable with that person um and that's kind of i guess another reason why people do settle down with certain person because um you know it's it's fun to be single and have fun and play games with everyone and you know do your thing but it is also great to have someone to come home to all the time and tell them how you feel and be able to be open and comfortable with them and just like you don't have to impress them all the time. Like you can literally come home after work, take your makeup off or take off all your clothes and literally be in some PJs and be comfortable with that person. When you're really barely starting to get to, yikes, barely starting to get to know someone, it is hard to get that comfortable, um, at least so quickly. You have to build that up. Um, and my little trial period is what I like to call, um, I consider it around like three months because I feel like in, I, this has also been studied. I don't have like research with me, but I know this has previously been studied that it, after that three month, like time you spent with someone, you can't really fake your emotions. Like, I mean, you can to get what you want, but it's, you like are going to, that person is going to be able to sense like there's something wrong um, something's not going right. It's going to like you start to feel that drift away with that person. Um, and that's normal. Um, sometimes, like I said, ghosting happens. Um, there's many reasons why people ghost, um, whether it be you're not a good kisser to, you know, you're just not compatible or, you know, there's something that really turned them off about you and they don't know how to talk to you about it. But like you're not at that point, I feel like, you know, in that beginning when you're starting to get to know someone you can kind of just be like oops like I'm not talking to you or responding to you type thing because that respect isn't fully developed and like the consideration of each other's feelings isn't um there just yet so I feel like in the first month or two or first few weeks that's when ghosting really happens at least in my experience or I feel like from me doing the ghosting um i think that's kind of like how it goes anyways you know um a point on the settling aspect i feel that some people do settle when it comes down to the cuffing season um you know or just in general this i guess is more of a note in general um i feel that it is super important to not settle because you will later be so regretful and you know ruin that could be good friendship but doesn't have to be a relationship but it ends up being a relationship or you know there's so many things that could go wrong and you're wasting your time let alone wasting someone else's time you know wasting your own energy like why do you want to do that if your energy is so like it's priceless and you really have to invest your time into things that are worthy um and why would you want to do that with someone you don't really care for? So I feel like it's super important to not settle, um, whether it's the holidays or not. It's okay to be lonely. It's okay to be by yourself and really learn to grasp and understand who you truly are. 
um, some people, and I have even some guy friends, like, I used to be really close, actually, with this one guy, and, um, well, he'll be actually mentioned a lot, probably, now that I'm thinking about him, because he just, he was a good friend, also a first significant other that wasn't really, it was complicated anyways, but let alone, when we are friends, he always talks to me, because we're so open, like, we've been there past all that, I don't, like, we just care for each other for friends, um, and he always, like, jumps from relationship to relationship, and I know girls do this too, I'm not only blaming guys, but, like, it is so unhealthy for you to jump from jump and jump and jump to relationship to relationship, because you're not really giving your time to heal from that last relationship, let alone get to know yourself again, because, you know, every year, if you think about it, or every six months almost, every even three months, like, or month even, like, if you look back at yourself, like, you're so different than how you were those many months ago or a year ago or whatever the, you know, time frame you want to look at. And it is, I kind of lost my train of thought there. You don't want to waste your time. Um, we're going to pause this. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Be Better, Not Better podcast. I'm your host, Marcy, and um, I'm actually trying this new little setup downstairs in my mom's basement. Of course, what's new? Um, so yeah, I hope that the video quality comes out good, and we're excited to talk about new things for this season and of course it's always the most frustrating thing to record in my mom's house because we have so many dogs and it's well I'm acting like there's so many it's just three but the little one that we have is the oldest and she if you can hear her in this recording um always barks for everything 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 like every five minutes it's always for something and then when the two big dogs hear something, they always go crazy. So if that happens, I'll have to edit this out. And during the video quality, I'm not really quite sure how to do that yet in those, but I'll figure that out. Anyways, um, I hope everyone's having a great fall holiday season. Um, I know Thanksgiving is just right around the corner. I hope everyone is able to have at least some sort of meal with their family or friends. However, because I know Friendsgiving is so big, um, I have never had one or been really invited to one, but that's okay. Um, I'm super excited to have it with my family, um, I guess. Hopefully they don't hear that. <laughs> Anyways, um, and I know sometimes for the holidays it is harder for a lot of people as well, um, you know, a lot of people don't have family members, parents, or, you know, a significant other to, like, their significant other might, you know, not have that family, so they might be a little down, so it's hard to deal with sometimes, or, I don't know, there's different things that could happen, um, but I'm just here to say, like, reach out to anyone, I'm sure, you know, they would be willing to have you over for some fun, and, you know, some food, and some good quality time. Just make sure you're not alone. Um, I hope that no one is um, during the holidays. And on that note, 
we're going to talk about cuffing season because that has just been upon us and I know everyone has like a different ratio to like around what time it starts. Usually it's right before Halloween um, because then you get to do all that spooky stuff with their significant other and all those like pumpkin patch ideas, apple picking, you know, those fun things. Um, <clears throat> but some people don't really fully have that significant other and they have a roster. And you know, I mean, that's what cuffing season's about. Like you are, I mean, I guess it is our own connotation that we've created of this word. Um, but it pretty much, I feel like is, you know, you might settle or might not, but you're like making that roster become down to like maybe one or less. Um, sometimes you can keep that roster and that is okay. Um, as long as you were talking to your partners, making sure that you are being open and letting them know that you're, you know, not the only one or you're making it specific, you're, you're specifying with that person, you know, we're just kind of working things out, you know, we're not necessarily together. Um, I mean, I feel like as long as you're not leading that person on, have as many as people as you want. I mean, that's the whole point. You're in like that little trial period or that training era, like little time where you get to figure out who you want to like settle down with um, for this winter and hibernation. And I mean, I guess it's not necessarily like that in all seasons, all um, states like Florida or, you know, California doesn't really have a winter, but you know, it's the time where people are more, you know, spending time with their family or their significant other because of the holidays and things like that. So, um, you know, they might settle down to a certain one or not to each their own. And, um, I want to quickly talk about the trial period as what I like to kind of call it the trial period as in how long does it take for you to make it official with someone? Um, some people might really fall deep for the other person and sometimes it's hard to like, you know, distinguish that limit between, you know, Hey, we're just kind of seeing how this goes to, Hey, I'm acting wifey material or hubby material for this person and they're not reciprocating that back. Um, and that little period is sometimes where you get ghosted and things get confusing. You don't really understand each other because you're not really comfortable with that person. Um, and that's kind of, I guess, another reason why people do settle down with certain person because, um, you know, it's, it's fun to be single and have fun and play games with everyone and, you know, do your thing. But it is also great to have someone to come home to all the time and tell them how you feel and be able to be open and comfortable with them and just like you don't have to impress them all the time like you can literally come home after work take your makeup off or take off all your clothes and literally be in some pjs and be comfortable with that person when you're really barely starting to get to yikes barely starting to get to know someone it is hard to get that comfortable um, at least so quickly. You have to build that up. Um, and 
my little trial period is what I like to call. Um, I consider it around like three months because I feel like in I, this has also been studied. I don't have like research with me, but I know this has previously been studied that it after that three month like time you spent with someone, you can't really fake your emotions. Like, I mean, you can to get what you want, but it's you like are going. To, that person is going to be able to sense like there's something wrong um something's not going right it's going to like you start to feel that drift away with that person um and that's normal um sometimes like i said ghosting happens um there's many reasons why people ghost um whether it be you're not a good kisser to you know you're just not compatible or you know there's something that really turned them off about you and they don't know how to talk to you about it but like you're not at that point i feel like you know in that beginning when you're starting to get to know someone you can kind of just be like oops like I'm not talking to you or responding to you type thing because that respect isn't fully developed and like the consideration of each other's feelings isn't um there just yet so I feel like in the first month or two or first few weeks that's when ghosting really happens at least in my experience or I feel like from me doing the ghosting um i think that's kind of like how it goes anyways you know um a point on the settling aspect i feel that some people do settle when it comes down to the cuffing season um you know or just in general this i guess is more of a note in general um i feel that it is super important to not settle because you will later be so regretful and you know ruin that could be good friendship but doesn't have to be a relationship but it ends up being a relationship or you know there's so many things that could go wrong and you're wasting your time let alone wasting someone else's time you know wasting your own energy like why do you want to do that if your energy is so like it's priceless and you really have to invest your time into things that are worthy um and why would you want to do that with someone you don't really care for? So I feel like it's super important to not settle, um, whether it's the holidays or not. It's okay to be lonely. It's okay to be by yourself and really learn to grasp and understand who you truly are. Um, some people, and I have even some guy friends, like I used to, have to be really close actually with this one guy and um well he'll be actually mentioned a lot probably now that i'm thinking about him because he just he was a good friend also a first significant other that wasn't really it was complicated anyways but let alone when we are friends he always talks to me because we're so open like we've been there past all that i don't like we just care for each other for friends um and he always like jumps from relationship to relationship and I know girls do this too I'm not only blaming guys but like it is so unhealthy for you to jump from jump and jump and jump to relationship to relationship because you're not really giving your time to heal from that last relationship let alone get to know yourself again because you know every year if you think about it or every six months almost every even three months like or month even like if you look back at yourself, like you're so different than how you were those many months ago or a year ago or whatever the, you know, time frame you want to look at. 
And it is, I kind of lost my train of thought there. You don't want to waste your time. Um, we're going to pause this.